pleasure. Hello, everyone. How are you? Oh, my. Okay, I'll, I'll try that again. Hello, everyone. How are you? That is so much better. It gives me goosebumps. So does the lightning. Who, who got to see the lightning before? Oh, isn't that awesome? It reminded me of home back in Indiana. Yeah, I'm not going back there because there's black ice in winter. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, my name is Dawn. For those of you who are not familiar with this face, I am one of the women of GV Women, and um, I work with our outreach. So um, I have probably looked at you and said, do you have a heart for outreach? Do you have a heart? Do you? Do you? And, um, and it's just really a pleasure to see you all here and I am um, just glad that God has shifted things around and we are working on his plan and not our own tonight <laughs> in more ways than one. So uh, if you uh, would not mind, I'd like to open us up in a word of prayer before we get started. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for these women who are here. I thank you for the opportunities that you give us to gather in your name and to just learn what the word has for us to learn. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to our hearts individually, Lord, and that you speak to us where we are and that you just lift us and you carry us, Lord, and you just love on us. So Lord, I pray that the words that are spoken here tonight are your words, Lord, that the thoughts that are running through my mind are stilled and I'm focused on you. And that I am just here, Lord, as you would have me to be. And that the words that are spoken fall on hearts that are open and ears that are open to hear, Lord, and spirits that are willing to do. For these things I pray in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. amen. So we have been talking about those things that are the pillars and the principles and the scriptures and the basis for what is GV Women. So by now, we've talked about two of those four pillars, as I like to call them, helping each woman realize that God loves her, right? We learned that in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, helping each woman deepen her relationship with God, and that was with Romans 12, 1 through 2. And tonight, I have the pleasure of talking about something that is really near and dear to my heart. And that is helping each woman use her God-given gifts for him. And our scripture reference for that is Ephesians 4.12. And it reads, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'm going to take it one step further. And I'm going to read both 12 and 13. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I included that second part, that verse 13, because to me that, that just really ties it up. It really ties up what we're trying to do when we talk about helping women to understand and utilize their God-given gifts. But when I read that, I got, kind of got fixated on four, on four words. 
the fullness of Christ. So I was like, okay, for some reason, Lord, I'm fixated on this. What does it mean? What does it mean by the fullness of Christ? So for those of you who don't know me, I, I like search and research and I will cross research and I will we'll read this and that. And if that leads me to another question, I'll go on to another reference and it, I'll go on all night. And quite honestly, the first time I thought about this, I did. I went on for quite some time until I had like sheets of notes. And I was like, okay, I just went really busy with this. And I just got really, really crazy with this Lord. So just slow me down. And I left it alone. And then I came back to it, right? Because I'm also a firm believer that God will give you threads of information. He'll feed you a little bit at a time, right? Until eventually he gives you the full picture, right? So I had to sit and rest in it and wait on that because I figured he was trying to show me something. So when I went back to this, it was really blew my mind because I had just watched a message by Priscilla Shire. Her message was on, believe it or not, hearing the voice of God. So <laughs> according to her message, there are four prevailing facts about hearing God's voice. So she used uh, for her scripture, it was John 10 verses one through five, and then she used verse 27. And it reads, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So she tied that up in those four facts, one of them being we are his sheep, we can hear his voice, we know, he knows us, and we can follow him. So I sat there still stewing, scratching my head because I had the fullness of Christ working on this side, and then I had the four prevailing facts of how I can hear God's voice, right? And I'm thinking, okay, now we're going to tie it all together, right? But then her question came to me because her question throughout the whole message was, do you belong to the shepherd? So I was like, okay, now wait. I got to work with the fullness of Christ. I got to work with these four ways that I am supposed to be able to hear the voice of God. I'm praying on, do I belong to the shepherd? Lord, how does that all tie into helping women use their God-given gifts. So I had to stop and pray. I did, because God gave me that question for a reason, right? So I did. So then the, another thing came to me. I said, okay, so what makes me want to work harder? What makes me want to be God's hands and feet, right? What is that thing that motivates us, that gets us going, and makes us want to step out and be in the world and be his hands and feet? Well, I believe it's our relationship with God. 
It's our relationship that motivates us, right? When we think about what he's done for us, what he has planned for us, we want to do all that we can for him, right? So it's that relationship. We want to become more obedient servants for God, right? In the midst of my searching, God reminded me of a time way back in my 20s. (laughs) I was feeling mighty ancient because I told my son, he was like, wow, mom. That's a long time ago. He's, he's 18. So if I say 20 years ago, that's a long time. But God reminded me of a time when I gave a trial sermon. Um, I belong to an African Methodist Episcopal church. And within that church, uh, there are, there's like a four-year path to becoming a minister within the church. And the first step is you have to give a trial sermon. You do nothing else until you give that trial sermon. And then that begins your step as a licentiate pastor or minister. So I gave my trial sermon. And oddly enough, um, I spoke from James and Matthew. And um, in James, I referenced James 2, verses 14 through 20. And in those verses, we are cautioned about faith without deeds and deeds without faith. I said, okay, we're cooking now, right? And it reads, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, bless you, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing for about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? But And then also in James 2.26, I found, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now, that was from something I spoke on 20 years ago, and God brought it to me as I was thinking about how do we help women use their God-given gifts. But in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40, I use that as well. This happens to be one of my favorite passages only because Jesus just really makes it plain. If you ever doubt that there are things that are just not plain, this one is one of those passages. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. 
I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I don't know about y'all, but I had fun that night. I had a little worship after I read that scripture again. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad he brought it to me because usually when I would think about this trial sermon, this message, I was drawn back to a disappointing conversation that happened after the message. You see, I had used, um, my pastor at the time had told me my example that I used was foolish, that I was foolish in my example that I used for uh, faith and, and deeds. I spoke about a young lady who would, I would see every day as I took the L. Now in Chicago, they have streetwise newspapers. They are community newspapers and they're only sold by homeless. So the homeless receive anywhere between 50 to 70 or 60 cents for every newspaper that they sell. So on payday, when I would see this lady there with her two kids, I would give her 20 bucks. I was young, I didn't have a kid, my check was my own, and it was free money. And the way I looked at it, that was money that I would just go buy a wallet or a purse with because that was my thing. So for me, that wasn't a hardship, right? To me, that was God telling me, don't waste that money. But he told me that, how did I know that she was spending that money on her kids? How did I know that she didn't go out and buy drugs with that? So imagine me, heartbroken, <laughs> because my pastor, who had just heard me read from James and Matthew, <laughs> was telling me that I was foolish because I gave a woman $20 every payday. But when I was reminded of this message this time, he reminded me of the, the, the body of the message. That whole message, I, I talked about that lady, but I talked about the women that came into my life. I, I talked about the women who had influenced me since I was five and six years old that had helped me become the woman that I was standing before them at 25 trying to give a trial sermon. You know, he reminded me um, of those women that spoke truth, right? He reminded me of the women who spoke love, the women who showed me how to love with abandon, the women who spoke promise, the women who spoke encouragement, discouragement and correction when needed. <laughs> but they spoke life into my life. And they, by their example and by their words, taught me what it was to be a woman of God. So I was so happy that he shared that again with me because for the last 20 years, the only thing I took from that message was that, that conversation I had with my pastor just moments after I had given it. So I was very happy that God reminded me of that. And then I said, hallelujah, Lord, okay. So now you're going to tell me how we could tie this all together because you're reminding me 
how women play a part in each other's lives or how we can. So I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I was very happy. It made it so much easier because for the longest time I was sitting there like, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm typing next. Let me see what's on Netflix. But <laughs> I'm, yeah, Netflix is bad for me. But he helped me to understand that each of us sitting in this room, each woman sitting in this room can speak truth, can speak hope, can speak love into the lives of other women. And I was like, oh, cool. I can, I'm good. I can go home now, right? No. Um, the fullness of Christ is experienced when we step out on the promises of God. The, his fullness is experienced when we follow him. The fullness lies within the relationship with our shepherd. So that's where we can find, there are many ways we can find the fullness of Christ, but we can find that fullness with our relationship with the shepherd. And I was like, all right. What we have with the shepherd is a relationship that is maintained through constant, fervent, and unrelenting prayer and communication with God. During prayer, we are open to the Holy Spirit. We grow closer to God. During those times, God speaks to our hearts. In 1 Corinthians 12, we learn that God has given different gifts to each of us. But we also know that is the same God the same spirit that is working in our lives. Sometimes God will use the sister sitting next to you. He'll use her to encourage you to seek his counsel. She'll encourage you to go to him in prayer to find what his purpose is for you in your life. She's that, the arms that God will place there when you need a hug. She's the shoulder that God will place there when you need someone that you can lean on, right? So that grows, that happens when we grow in our relationship. God helps us to see those people and to understand that we are just here to help one another. I think about it as if that we are wonderfully and beautifully made. God has a plan for each of our lives. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that is Jeremiah 29, 11. I love that one. If I ever doubt what my day is going to be like, I know that's the scripture I can go to. When you accept that God has a plan and a purpose for you, the important thing is that you have to utilize the gift that God has given you. In Hebrews 13, 16, we are instructed, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Amen. God has equipped you. We just have to believe it. We just have to surround ourselves with women who will help you believe it even when you can't believe it yourself at times. <laughs> I know that's what GB Women has been for me. 
I don't know how many times I've told Pastor Katrina, I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just Dawn. And I don't know how many times she has told me you're here because God wants you here. And that you're doing what he wants you to do because he has equipped you to do that. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Do you believe that? Sure. (laughs) Gold TV women. (laughs) But you know what? The more that I surround myself with the women of God, the more that I am transparent to him in my need to be more like what he would want me to be, for me to be more of a follower, right? The more I put myself out there and I'm bold about it, the more he's going to speak to my heart, the Holy Spirit will speak to me, but he's also going to have those angels, those women, speak that into my life as well. And I believe it a little bit more today (laughs) than I did a year ago. Because a year ago, it was like, well, Pastor Katrina would like to talk to you. And I was like, oh, I've heard about that. (laughs) But I thank God for the path he's put me on. And that I find myself surrounded by women who speak life and truth and love and encouragement and correction when needed. (laughs) So it's awesome. So God has equipped you. He planted a seed of service in each and every one of us. He planted a seed in service in Teresa. He planted a seed in you, Irene, and Dorita. He's planted a seed of service in each and every one of us. It's been there from the beginning. It's been there from the moment he claimed you as his. For no other reason than he loves you. And he just wants the best for you. And he wants you to share that love with others, right? So in preparing for today or tonight, God helped me to understand if I can remember four simple truths, I can grow closer to God by sowing that seed that he has given me, right? If I remember that I am his sheep, right? If I remember that I can hear his voice, if I remember that I can follow him, And if I remain obedient to his will, hmm, working purposefully in his fields, doing what he has told me and placed in my heart for me to do, he will know me. In the fullness of Christ, in doing what he commands and puts on my heart to do, he will know me. My shepherd will know me. So we as the daughters of the king, because you know that's what we are, right? Right? Okay. We as the daughters of the king have the opportunity to encourage other women, encourage them to grow in Christ. We can do this directly and indirectly. We can learn by working together, and we learn by seeing how others work, seeing how God is changed their lives and worked in their lives just by them stepping out on faith 
and just being servants in his kingdom, right? To, to build up his kingdom in heaven. So the cool part is, is that when we notice how God's changed other women and how he's worked in their lives, when we become the example by being the hands and feet, by being out there and on the forefront, we want to, we want to catch that fire that we see in those women. Because have you ever noticed that when someone is like doing that thing and they are on a mission, there is a fire that burns in them. And once you catch that fire, you want more. And if you don't have the fire and you see someone with it, you want to know how do I get it and where do I sign up? <laughs> and that's where you have Pam and her crew. <laughs> but she's like, I can use you. <laughs> I, I got a place for you. <laughs> I know you've all been there, right? <laughs> Once we feel that fire, we just can't stop. And I do. I crave more and more each time God allows us to see what, what we're able to accomplish by just a little bit of elbow grease and a whole lot of love. So mm, I can't believe it. Once we have been equipped beyond our abilities to believe... It's something that we don't want, want it to ever stop. Because we, we think we know how well God can equip us. But when we see that he's taken us past where we thought we couldn't go past, and you're like, oh, man, I, I just knew I did not have it in me to get that done. And then you're like, oh, we can do more? Okay. <laughs> Let's saddle up. Let's get her done. The cool part is, is that we're meant to work together on this. God did not intend for us to go this journey, this walk alone. He, is, he intended for us to be hand in hand, elbow to elbow, loving on each other and helping each other along the way. That's the intended. That's what it all is because we are a family. We are a family in the body of Christ. And I know that that makes me excited every time I see you ladies because it's just something that is phenomenal. So I know you're wondering, all right, Dawn, now what do we do? You told us about the four things, how we can hear God's voice. We need to uh, be his hands and feet. We need to go out there and do it, right? What am I supposed to do with all this having that you've been talking about? You start by seeking God's counsel. That's the first step. You ask God to speak to your heart. Hmm. I'm going to share that it's not easy. <laughs> it's not um, easy to know what God has in store for you sometimes. For some of us, it's not as clear as it was for Miriam, who knew she was intended for greater things as a young girl, right? I wish I had someone to walk up to me like David did and tell me, poof, there's your future, right? I wish I could have visions and I can lay out and plan things like Joseph. Wouldn't that be sweet if I could get a vision on the momentous things I'm supposed to do in this world, right? Some of us are like Moses. I am. Some of us have to walk into what God has for us to do. <laughs> right? Some of us are Moses. And I, I accept that now. <laughs> I have to. But the good news is that prayer will make it clearer. Prayer will help you with discernment. 
prayer will help you step out. And the closer you get to God, the easier it is to hear his voice. Hmm. You have to welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome it. The moment you do, God will speak to your heart. Once God speaks, you got to be bold, though. You got to be bold about it. We're not given spirits of timidity. Mm -mm. We are bold creatures in Christ. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And that's from 2 Timothy 1.7. Remember that nothing is more powerful than prayer. Are you getting my theme here? Prayer. Pray as you begin to use your gifts. Pray for your sister in Christ. Pray for the women of our church. Pray for the church leadership. Pray. You know, I, I, I have, you know, I, you all know I love songs, right? I'm not going to sing. Don't worry. And um, there's a Kirk Franklin song that I love, and it's called I Need You to Survive. So what I'd like you to do is to say the words with me tonight. But you're not going to look at me. I'm gorgeous, I know. But I would love for you to look at the sister next to you, behind you, in front of you, as we say these words. Okay? I was going to make you stand in a circle, but I thought I'd be kind. All right. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. Amen. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. If you need help with what you need to do or what you need to do next, um, reach out to one of the women from GV Women. We would love to talk to you and pray with you and help you along that way. You have three questions for tonight. Um, We have the sheets. So the three questions that you will think on are, do you belong to the shepherd? Do you hear his voice? Do you know that what gift God has given you? If not, what steps are you going to take to seek God's counsel? If you feel that God has spoken so much to your heart and you just aren't sure what to do next, that was me. Have you asked yourself, where's my heart? So I thank you, ladies, for allowing me to share with you, and I believe we are done.